What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 15, one five of the Hornets High Burst podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Jerry D, back at it again with Big Pat. What's going on, everybody? You know that I can't do this without you, man. I'm glad you can make it yet again. We're in this for the long haul. And right now, we're going to touch on everything Hornets, obviously. They are currently 40 and 37. They just beat the New York Knicks in New York in Madison Square Garden, where Miles Bridges went off for 31 points. LaMelo Ball had 20 points and a career high and assists with 15. So that's the start of their road trip. On Saturday, they'll be facing off against the Philadelphia 76ers, who's obviously a team that's trying to pick up their face after dropping a couple games with having James Harden now. And the next game after that will be another road game against Miami. So two of the upper echelon teams in the Eastern Conference that are all battling for one seeds, obviously, here. So how do you think they'll fare on this road trip? New York was obviously the the little brother of the Eastern Conference that they just had to dust off. They lost to him a couple weeks back, though. So this was like, that was like a get-back game. They, had, they were motivated mm-hmm. to play, motivated to win that. But how do you think they'll fare in the rest of this road trip? I mean, I think that, you know, they've been playing with a full head of steam as of late. So uh, Philly is a team they could definitely beat because, you know, they have their issues right now. They're not looking the best going into the playoffs. So Very discombobulated. They could beat Philly and then finish this uh, this road, you know, the uh, this road trip up really nice. Um, yeah, all these players are playing hot right now, so they finally picked it up after hitting that large slump in the middle of the season. So there's a right. good sign. So 1-0 on the road, road trip so far. They could beat Philly, so that's possibly 2-0 if – Philadelphia's usual problems kind of come up and cause things to go awry. But what about in Miami? They have to Miami. travel down to South Beach. South Beach, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's another, another – I mean, both games are tough when they're when both teams are playing really well. So right. that's going to be another one. But, they, I mean, you know, they have the ability to win, as you've seen lately. Um, it'll, it's, they're they're going to be tough games, tough games, tough road games. But I, I can see them going one and one you know, possibly 2-0, and oh, but – I think I think they're gonna split split these last two. Right. Uh yeah, I think I'm I'm really we're of the same mindset. Uh they are 10 and 14. They had sorry, they won 10 of their last 14 games. And they've been looking like one of the better teams in basketball, right up there with the likes of Boston, with the likes of uh Dallas, because their midseason runs have been awesome. And mm-hmm. Dallas is number three in the West now. Yeah. And Boston held the one seed for a little bit. Obviously, that's a everlasting switching positions since they're all separated. But from where they came from early in the season, that's impressive. Yeah, exactly. To both Jay Kidd and and uh, Ime Doka mm-hmm. should be coach of the year candidates after that one. Oh, uh, yeah. But, nah, I kind of agree with you. Like, uh, Philadelphia, with the way that James Harden's played pretty much up and down, I think they won five straight games when he first got there, and then they tapered off. So, I might check that up as a win for him. I think I like, I like that going into Philly, a hostile environment. Yeah, LaMelo seems to thrive. Mm-hmm. playing in some of these bigger cities and like i think he loves that that attention and like being on that bigger stage bigger platform he's one of the flashiest players in the league already so i'm really liking the chances to win in philly philly yeah. south beach you know they got some dogs down there so i think i i think they might they might drop to miami just they're they're on a mission right now yeah so like i'm and after that big fight with udonis Haslam and yeah they're trying to ride the right the ship now yeah you know stuff like that always it just encourages everybody on the roster like uh, they don't see in our drama a little bit but that's a normal thing now we're gonna show them what we're about type of thing so I, i'm i'm definitely right there with you and uh other news that i forgot to mention at the top of this episode they did clinch a play in spot after defeating the knicks as of uh 
what March 28th, March 29th, whatever it may be. Uh, so now they, they're guaranteed to play at least in the play-in, whether that be against the Hawks or the Cleveland Cavaliers or Toronto Raptors or the Nets. That's TBD, mm-hmm. but at least they're sinking, they're locked into this spot right now. So, like, how do you feel about their chances to actually advance out of that? I think if they get, I think they just need to see if they can avoid uh, the Nets at all costs. Right. Because they're the best team, the most dangerous team in the play. And now they have Kyrie playing full time. So that's going to be a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, they definitely, they could beat any one of those teams. Those are the Hawks, the Cavaliers. And uh, possibly the Raptors if they slide. Oh, back yeah, down. If they slide yeah. The Cavs and Raptors are sw- swapping six and seven at, like after every game. They could beat any one of those teams, honestly. Um, those te- those other teams might be a little more seasoned, but I mean, they, they you know they could they could definitely beat any one of those teams because those uh, aside from the Raptors, if they fall in, I think all of those well and and the the Cavaliers definitely overachieved, but right. they're still you know they're still a young team, so they could you know, mess around and get popped and lose the Hawks. They've underachieved this year, honestly. Um, so they, you know, I could see, you know, the Hornets surprising them too. So, right. Yeah. They, you know, they have a chance to advance. And traditionally too, for whatever reason, Trey Young plays pretty bad when he's in Charlotte. So if Charlotte happens to host that game, like he'll probably have another bad game. At least we're banking. On yeah. Right. But uh, the, the craziest part about all of this is that, Literally, when they played in the play-in tournament last year against Indiana, they're they're in a very similar spot, like record-wise and obviously playoff seating-wise. Since they are stuck in this play-in tournament again, like the team looks, like the the spot is similar, but the team looks better. Yeah, yeah. you know, like it looks way better than compared to what it what it was a year ago. Obviously, Lamelo Ball winning the Rookie of the Year, getting that under his belt, now having like. I guess more of a normal season compared to a COVID season with no fans. Maybe that's helped his game. Miles mm-hmm. Bridges took taking a step up. PJ Washington is taking a step up. Tay Rozier looks good. Like though everything looks better despite it being the same type of situations. Like you agree, do you agree that it's a better team this year compared to last? Oh yeah, definitely. They're, you know, it's a, another season. So they, you know, they have another year of experience under their belt. Uh they're starting to look. You know, there's, they're starting to know these late game situations better. They, you know, that that's, you know, a lot of that inexperience when they, like when they lost last year, it was, you know, late game situation. What, you know, what we're going to do at this time of the game rotation. So they had paid, basically had the same team from last year. The tight, they tightened up the rotation. They know who their, who their go-getters are offensively and defensively. Right. So yeah, they definitely, they're definitely a better Hornets team than last year. That slump they had, that was pretty alarming, but I mean, they're, Definitely uh, in better shape than they were last year. Yeah, like that's that's exactly how I'm feeling, especially I can tell that they put in work over this offseason, especially uh like the QC3 that everybody likes to call in, Jay Rozier, Miles Bridges, and LaMelo. Don't know if that nickname's sticking or not, <laughs> but like uh, I feel like all three have become like legit three-level scores. And, you know, like when you have it's, – it's always interesting to me when you have like a primary score that – definitely could do that all and then usually the other guy's more of an outside shooter where he plays around the perimeter a lot all three of these guys can do all of that they can get to the rim yeah. they can shoot the mid-range a floater whatever it might be and they can space the floor so seeing all that from from their big three i guess you can call it like that step in the right direction of growth makes it just look makes me more comfortable being a fan of the game thinking that the hornets can actually make 
the playoffs, like if those three actually step up. Yeah. And even if one has a bad game, the other two are usually pretty consistent. And Miles Bridges, obviously, probably the most improved player this year, looks like yeah. he's really ready to dominate. And I think he's finally arrived in year four. I would say. So, like, I'm, I'm really excited for what they might be able to do. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that question. Like, are they a better team? But their head over here was a way better team than what they were last year. Oh, yeah. So, next on the docket, what can they use as an advantage, like, coming into their plan? Like, they may not have had, like, they might not have had, like, last season. Because obviously when they played Indiana, there was uh, no, no Gordon Hayward, no Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. I think LaMelo, no, LaMelo was gone. Gordon Hayward was there. But Miles Bridges is probably still one of their better wow. defenders at that time last year. LaMelo was out with the wrist injury, obviously. Missing your point guard is huge. And no disrespect to Terry Rozier, but you're not quite the playmaker that yeah. LaMelo was last year or this year. So, like, what's different? Like, what can they bring into this year that – that that'll make you confident that they could escape that eight and nine matchup or nine and ten or whatever it may be. Well, they know, like I said earlier, they know who's gonna get the ball. They have scores on that team, so so these teams they better game plan uh, to lock down the perimeter because I know they're gonna go, they're gonna come through guns a blazing. So I think you know just them being young and playing playing fun the way that they play. Is uh that's gonna be a positive going into any situation because they're not gonna they're not gonna be a they're not a team that's scared so mm-hmm. a team a team better be ready to play defense because they're gonna try to put up a lot of points on them. Right. What what I like about them like where I think they've really gotten better at obviously I credit uh, Mitch Kupchak for bringing in these holster vets especially in the middle of the season having yeah, Montrez yeah. Harrell and then obviously IT and then yeah. Kelly Ruby at the start of the season. Yeah, those vets, yeah, they're definitely going to play a big part. And Ubri said something real interesting. Uh, after they beat New York, a reporter asked him a question like, uh, you're locked in a spot at the play and like, how do you celebrate that? Like, is that like a small victory? And he literally responded, we haven't done shit yet. And he laughed at it. And it's like, it was, it was real laughable because like, they haven't. The Hornets haven't made the postseason since 2016. Mm-hmm. They've had a, a lot of down years since Kemba Walker, like, was kind of shaky with the knees and getting hurt, and then he got traded. So, like, the Hornets really have been pretty bad for the la- oh, yeah. in, in the last decade or so, even though they made the playoffs a few times with Kemba. Like, historically, my mind for the Hornets is still stuck in the 90s on Larry Johnson <laughs> and Alonzo Mourning. I shouldn't think about that team anymore, but – like, nah, yeah, it's definitely the the significant change from this year to last year is just the veterans for me. And I think having those enforcers in the locker room and on the court allows them to move the ball better. They almost touched 40 assists last game playing the Knicks. Uh, defense is definitely amped up. They're finally paying attention to detail. Everything looks sharper at this point in the season. And this is the time when you want to peak. Yep. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely hyped up for, like, what they could possibly do if they, they they all like to pass to each other and they all like to score the ball. Mm-hmm. So yeah, whatever team plays them in the plan, they better play defense. Yeah, like like you said, like I, I think they really could they could light it up yeah. on on yeah, any of those teams, including the Nets. Yeah, you know, could, it could go because the Nets the Nets don't have a bunch of depth either. So mm-hmm. Hornets have more bodies too, so they can beat anybody in the plan. I don't think you know the Nets that'll be lofty, but. It's it's a tall test, but they did beat them the other night. They beat it, yeah. They beat them too, so they could beat anybody in the league, especially offensively. Right? It's an offensive league, so yeah, they, they have guys that can put the ball in the basket, and just like you said, at any level. Yeah, Kyrie had a, something dope to say about 
LaMelo after the game saying, he, saying he's like a he's walking his own path. He's one yeah. of those guys that that he knows he's a star and he's just he's continuing down the path that makes the most sense for him. Yep. So, I, I, I love I love this team. I love how they look. But definitely for me, the veterans and the leadership has definitely improved. Last on the docket for the day. Did you expect LaMelo to be this good this fast? Um, what is it, year three? Year two. Year two. Yeah, I mean, I I expected uh LaMelo to make waves. I honestly I didn't know if he'd get in to into his first all-star uh right. you know game that early. But I mean, I'm I wasn't overly surprised though, because he's he's you know been uber talented and they've tried like he's been in the media for so long, they try to take away from that talent when you would have like bad games or when you would see the inexperience creeping in young. Mm-hmm. But he's all I mean, you could always tell even as a high schooler, that he had a great sense of the game, great feel for the game, passing yep. and scoring. So I'm not too surprised. He, you know, he looked like he'd be a unique uh, NBA player. And once he got the size with him too, he's six seven, six eight. You can't beat that. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm impressed. I'm definitely impressed, but I'm not too too surprised though. Yeah, no, I'm like I'm right there with you. I never really. I know, like in early on, there was a lot of people saying, "I think he's going to be a bust," mm-hmm. or because he played in he played in Australia, blah blah, Lithuania, all right overseas. That's yeah, good, exactly. But that's the casual fan that's that's saying this type of stuff, and it's like, dude, you're playing with grown men. You're playing with some some pros played in the NBA, then just decided to play overseas because mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't find a team in the states. So like, he's playing with better competition than you'll probably see at at UCLA or Duke or anywhere in college. So like. Definitely, definitely not a shocker, especially with some of the stats. You know, I got to give you the numbers. Uh, the last few games against the Knicks in a win, 20 points a career high, 15 assists, like I mentioned earlier. Against Denver in a loss, a good Denver team with an MVP candidate, 22 points, 11 assists. Against Brooklyn, and they actually went into, into the borough and beat them in their, on their home floor. 33 points, seven boards, nine assists. Mm. He toppled 30 points twice in the last five games. And the lowest point total he scored in those last Eating five minutes was 20. Yeah. No, going to be scary for the league. Just like Miles Bridges, he's peaking at the right time. The whole team is peaking at the right time. So, like, I'm definitely on a LaMelo ball train. He's, his season averages 20 points, seven and a half assists, six and a half rebounds. And the thing is, like, that's, you know, I'm pretty sure he mentioned this in another pod episode, too, uh, how he's joined elite company with LeBron and Luka averaging – those numbers before the age of 21 Mm -hmm. twice now so like you know like obviously i'm not saying he's gonna be the next lebron the kid's 20 or i'm not even gonna say he's gonna be the next luca luca drops damn near 35 a night he's a walking triple double Mm -hmm. so definitely don't don't misquote me on that but i'm just saying like being this young this early and being this good this young this early in your career in year number two and like you said making an all-star game that does nothing but boost the hell out of his confidence. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he even had a, an interview with Slam Magazine a few days ago. Uh, I don't want to – I'm just going to paraphrase here, but saying he doesn't even – he knows he hasn't hit, like, hit the top of his potential yet. Oh, yeah. He ain't hit the peak. Once yeah. once he gets the keys, like, like they, those were exact words. Once he gets the keys, he knows he's going to take off with that motherfucker. Yeah, like, so oh, yeah, he's he's they haven't even let the reins off him yet. So he he's gonna be a superstar player. He's he's gonna be a max contract player. Yep. So the Hornets better keep him around because every team is gonna want him when he you know yeah that free agency period. So he's, See, yeah, that's that's what he, that's what he's gonna turn into. Yeah. The the only thing the only th- I, I actually I actually think he'll stay. You know that's a topic for another day. But just seeing how 
how interactive he is with the fans already. Like, sure, for us media folk, he's a hard interview. Like, I know he just wants to get off the podium. I get it. But uh, seeing, like, they invested a court in him already in Charlotte. He put money towards it. He's taking pictures with fans and stuff. Like, you know, the stuff that goes behind the scenes mm-hmm. that you just happen to see on social media. And I even saying he loved, he loved it here in Charlotte. He loved Miles Bridges. That's his boy. He loved Terry Rozier. So, I mean, I'm really, I'm really feeling it. But, yeah, definitely the overwhelming answer on this board for me and you is just LaMelo Ball is already here. Superstar. Yeah. He'll be a superstar in two more years. Yeah, just he's a superstar now. Might be now, less. Honestly. Yeah, probably. Yeah, might be less than that. He might light it up in the playoffs. You heard it here first. If he gets there, just remember this podcast, episode 15. 50 points. <laughs> we, we won't be able to tell you how it is, man, but appreciate y'all listening, man. Another episode of High Burst in the Books. Make sure you check us out on IG and Twitter and all that on Hornets Nation CP. There's a lot of information that goes out for myself and any other breaking news reporter just about everything Hornets. Also, make sure you check out Juan underscore Park because that's some big matters on IG, man. Make sure y'all follow us, man. Keep it easy. Thank you.